Ruch Ma'bayim. Welcome everyone to a special edition of All Parsha on Parshas Shemini. So welcome to the uh, new season after Pesach. And Parsha Shemini is the first Parsha after Yom Tif. Let us uh, examine the Siyat HaDashmaya, two important and fundamental comments of the Ramban. Let's begin. Perek Tes, Pasuk Zayin Enches. Where the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu tells Aaron Akoyin, Kirav El HaMezbech, approach the Mizbeach. And the Ramban is bothered. Vitam Krav al The reason why Moshe had to say approach the Mizbeach. Vayikrav Aaron al Mizbeach. Vayishchan and Aaron approach the Mizbeach. What do you mean? Aaron standing Pesach Oyel Moyed. What do you mean come close to the Mizbeach? He's right there. How close does he need to get? Says Ramban, in his opinion, Aldati Bidarachapshad, in my opinion, the simple, straightforward interpretation of this Pasuk, Yoimar, it means as follows. Yes, you're standing there, but you need to be at a specific location on the Mizbech. You need to be in the north, Karav el Tzfoin HaMizbech. Approach the north of the Mizbech. Va'asei sham ha-chatos And perform the carbon chatos there and the carbon oila there. Ki heim shchitasan batzafoin. They are slaughtered in the north. V'kibol daman b'chishars batzafoin. And their blood is received in the special vessel in the north. And even though the Pasuk doesn't say, uh, come to the north, Moshe said it in a concise manner because Aaron HaKoyin already knew the details of where a carbon chatas and a carbon oila need to be performed. So since Aaron already knew these halachas, it was enough for Moshe Rabbeinu just to say, Kirav El Hamizbech. The Ramban continues, In the Sifra, the Tarshavah Pe'an Bayikra, our rabbis are alerted to the the uh, difficulty and expression of Karav el Hamazbeach. When they say, What is this comparable to? This is like a king of flesh and blood. He married a woman. The Kala, the wife, was embarrassed to service the king. She felt, Who am I to serve the king? She was ashamed. Her sister comes to her. Amrullah, she says to Achoisi, my dear sister, why do you enter the marriage in the first place? The only reason you got involved in this, isn't it only so that you'd be able to serve the king? Hagisi datech, embolden yourself. In other words, muster up the self-respect and the pride. And go uh, serve the king. That's what you entered in this uh, arrangement in the first place. Likewise, Moshe Rabbeinu tells Aaron, Aaron, my dear brother Aaron, why do you think you were selected? Wasn't it so that you could serve HaKadosh Baruch That's what you're here for. That's why you were chosen. Embolden yourself. Go do your service. In other words, Aaron was ashamed. He felt perhaps unworthy or he felt who was he to serve the Melech Machi Amlachim? So Moshe Rabbeinu had to remind Aaron, Aaron, why did you get the job? Why were you selected? You were selected to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. However, the Ramban says that there are others who explain a deeper reason why Aaron, in fact, was embarrassed and ashamed. And that is, Aaron saw the Mizbeach with its Karen, with its kronos, with its horns, and it appeared to him like an ox. Aaron was afraid of it because Aaron 
in the altar, he saw what reminded him of his only chet, chet o'egel. Nichnas Moshe Esau, Moshe came and entered to Aaron. Amar lo, he said, Achi, my brother, lo yisira mimena. Lo yisira mimashat ha-masyari. Don't be afraid of that which you are afraid of. Hageis daidcha, embolden yourself above karav love and approach the mezbeach. Lekach nemar, therefore it says, karav el ha-mezbeach, vayikrav Aaron el ha-mezbeach, bizrusus. Therefore Moshe said, approach the mezbeach, and Aaron came close. He had to overcome his fear and apprehension. Now, the Ramban explains, why was, Avra, why was Aaron haunted by the image of the Mizbeach? A Mizbeach doesn't look like a, an ox. Maybe they both have horns, but why was this so haunting to Aaron? So, the Ramban says it was Aaron's holiness. The Tamza says the Ramban, the reason is, Ki Aaron Hashem. Since Aaron was Hashem's holy one, and in Aaron's spiritual repertoire, there was no sin aside from the golden calf. In other words, Aaron was perfect other than his participation in the Chet Egal. And therefore, as Tzadikim do, as Dabra Melch says, V'chatasi Negdi Tamid, as Dabra Melch says in the Perak on Shuva Perak Nun Aleph, uh, a tzaddik should always have his sin in front of his mind's eye. So Aaron was always thinking of the Chedo Egel. So when he saw the, the Mizbeach, it reminded him of what was already foremost in his mind, namely the Chedo Egel. That sin was said in his thoughts. As it says, my sin is always in front of me. It appeared to him as though there was an image of a calf preventing his atonement. So, because the calf, the golden calf, was anyway foremost on his mind, the Mizbech reminded him of the Chet HaEgel. And therefore Moshe said, Embolden yourself. Moshe said, yes, it's your holiness that is causing the sin to be foremost on, in your mind. On the other hand, says uh, the Ramban, Moshe said this is also coming from a degree of improper lack of recognition of your greatness. This is too much lowliness and shval ruach and humility. Don't be so humble that this is what you see when the Mizdeach appears before you. God has already atoned you for your sin. God has already uh, been appeased for your sin. And therefore, approach, you have nothing to be afraid of. However, then the Ramban brings another explanation for why Aaron was, uh, in fact, haunted by the Chet Egel. It was not his uh, holiness, but it was the act of the Satan. Others explain, The Satan showed Aaron this image. As the Chachamim say in the Sifra, that when the Pasuk says, Take for yourself, Listen, Aaron, even though Hashem has atoned for your sin, but you need to, so to speak, feed the Satan so that he doesn't instigate and accuse. You need to place something in the mouth of the Satan. Lest he instigate and bring up an accusation when you enter the temple. So according to this uh, other view of the Ramban, it wasn't Aaron's holiness that was causing him to be haunted by the image of the altar, but rather it was the act of the Satan which was causing Aaron to see this uh, 
particular image. Let's go to the end of the parsha, where the Ramban speaks about the uh, birds. We know the Torah lists in, in the parsha twenty birds that are not kosher, and in Devarim it lists twenty-one birds. And if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara says that uh, these twenty and twenty-one they're all the same. And these are, it is our tradition, all birds are kosher except for the 20 birds listed in Parsha Shemini and the 21 listed in Parshas Re'eh. Says the Ramban in Perak Yod Aleph, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Ve'es'ele Teshak and Oif, these are considered an abomination from the birds. Lo'in Nesru Mikol Oifes Ela Ilanesko in Parsha Bavat. The only birds that are prohibited are those birds mentioned in this Parsha alone. Imminehem, along with their kinds, but oisan shenemra bahen, those about which it says leminoi according to its kind, leminoi according to her kind. These are the only birds that are prohibited. The Torah, not like the kosher animals, where if it has split hooves and it chews its cut, it's considered kosher. Uh, by the birds, no kosher signs are given and no signs are uh, of imp- impure bir- uh, birds are given, but we just follow the list. The whatever birds are on this particular list are not kosher. All other birds are kosher. The Torah does not give any particular signs for non-kosher kosher birds. It just says whoever, whichever birds are on this list are not kosher. No other birds besides these. The same thing by the creepy crawling uh, creatures. Whatever is on the list is not kosher. Whatever is not on the list is kosher. The law of not being a kosher crawling creature are only those that are on the list. However, the Ramban says, The Chachamim and do give a simon for the birds. The rabbis do apply a simon by the birds. And what is that bird? What is that simon? The simon was provided to determine that a bird that has these signs is not one of the birds on the list. Now, what is the ultimate sign that a bird is not kosher? The primary characteristic of a bird for it not to be kosher is if it claws, if it, so to speak, pounces its prey. Any bird that claws, tame is always tame. Why? Now the Rabban supplies a rationale why a bird that has a clawing instinct is tame. Herchikatu, they caused us to distance from a bird that claws, because such a bird, its blood is hot, because of its cruelty, and it's black, and it's thick, and it causes a bitterness, a blackish, a burnt type of blood consistency, and it instills cruelty in the eater. So here we have a concept, the Ramban is enunciating, 
that a, the consumer of a food takes on the characteristics of that particular food. And since these birds have a very cruel characteristic, which is evident in its black, thick, burnt blood, that those evil traits will be taken up by those who consume it. And therefore, since Rav wants to protect the wonderful character of the Jewish people, he has uh, guarded us from consuming such birds. The only birds that claw are those 20 birds that are mentioned in the parasha. Any bird that claws, we know it's on the list. If you know it claws, it's prohibited. If it doesn't claw, it's permitted. There is no bird that is prohibited that doesn't claw except for one or two of the birds except for one bird. And we're unsure if it's the Peres or the Osnia. So you'll say, well, then we're in trouble. Because if there's an exception to the rule, how could you eat any bird? Just because it doesn't claw, maybe it's the Peres or the Osnia. Says Ramban, the rabbis were not afraid of this um, exception to the rule. The rabbis were not concerned for this exception. It's not found in settled areas, it only rests in the desert, and therefore since it's not commonly encountered anyway, the rabbis were not concerned that the Paris or the Ozni is the exception to the rule. And then the Ramban adds, it could be because they live in desolate areas. In other words, why in fact are these birds usur if they don't have blackish uh, blood with thick consistency and they don't produce an evil, cruel characteristic in those who consume them. Maybe because they reside in the uh, dried and desolate areas, its blood is black and burnt, and is evil, like birds that clove, and therefore the Torah assured these birds as well. So from this Raman we see a very important principle, that the characteristics of that which you eat is in influences the consumer. If somebody consumes a bird that has bad character, that bad character influences the one who eats it. The Gra says a very similar thought when it comes to the kosher simanum of animals. The Gra says, why are we only allowed to eat animals that have split hooves and, ha- and chew their cud? So the Gra says that an animal that chews its cud uh, has the midah of being mistapek bemuat. It it suffices with little. It doesn't have to constantly look for greener pastures. It doesn't have to constantly look for new pleasures and new enjoyments. It tries, it milks every ounce of enjoyment from what is in front of it, from what's already in its daladamai. So the cow eats the grass and it doesn't have to look for greener pastures or other grass. It eats that particular area of grass, and it's sort of handicapped. It can't even go far in the distance because its hooks are clipped. So, firstly, it can't go beyond its salad amos, and even what it eats in its salad amos, it chews its cud, it ruminates it, it sends it to, to its stomach, and then it brings it back up again. So, the the kosher animals have the wonderful characteristics, the grass of bitachal, of trust in Hashem, that the situation that the Yvonne Shem put the animal in is that which is 
most suitable for its success in life. It doesn't have to go far off in the distance. It doesn't have to go anywhere else. It can continually enjoy again and again and again that which the Yvonne gave the animal. And the Gros says this characteristic of bitachain, of trust in Hashem, that that which Yvonne has provided it is what is all that is necessary for its well-being is the central principle of the entire Torah. Bitachain is the central principle of the Torah. On the other hand, the Gros says, all the Ten Commandments could be summarized and encapsulated in the Tenth Commandment, which is loisachmai, don't covet. In other words, the Gra says, the worst sin is to covet, to desire what is beyond uh, that which Yavon Shem has given us. And the most beloved characteristic, the most um, beloved character trait is bitachon, trust in Hashem, in mistapik bemuat, sufficing and enjoying what the Yavon Shem has provided us specifically, and the matzav and situation Hashem has placed us in, we have full faith is what will bring us the greatest success. And those animals that demonstrate these qualities are the animals that we consume and hope to be influenced by those positive characteristics. So, these are our two thoughts from the Ramban on Parsha Shmini, wishing everyone bracha v'hatzlacha and a wonderful Shabbos Haba Alinu Lutayim.